Hey, Half Days. Welcome back to another episode of Half Day, Half Day. I am your co-host, Wintana. And I'm Mitzanet. And we're so excited to kick off this other episode that we have today, continuing our theme, which is the season of Queens, season of Negusties. We've got a really special guest today. She is hailing to us from Southern California. So she is the founder and creative director of Mama Banna, a streetwear brand inspired by the coasts of East Africa and Southern California. Prior to pursuing her interest in fashion, Banna worked as a securities lawyer at Goldman Sachs. I just revealed who she is. Uh, She launched Mama Banna in fall 2019 with the goal of pushing the culture into the future. Currently, you can find her writing about fashion at Who, What, Where and managing all cylinders of Mama Banna. Please welcome to our show, Banna Germay. Welcome. Hi, guys. Yes, thank you for being here. We are... You know, we're both so excited to have you. Yeah, it was really nice seeing you last week at Full Circle. How was it like being back in New York? It was was actually amazing. I hadn't been in New York since like the very beginning of the pandemic. So it had been a long time and it was good to see familiar faces and Full Circle is an amazing event. So it's always cool to see people like amongst like love like that in New York. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, what's crazy is I was actually thinking back to the first time we met you. It was at Cafe Erzuli. Oh, yeah. Right. And I remember you briefly mentioned that you were thinking about like launching this brand and you kind of gave us like, you know, like a high overview of what it was. And I was like, I need to keep in touch with this girl. Like she's going to do some big things in our community. Mm -hmm. So it's just really great to see that you actually launched it and it's doing so well. Yeah, it's funny. We were just talking about this, that we basically launched like right before the pandemic. So I hadn't seen people in real life like wearing Mama Bana. And it was such a great surprise to come to New York and see like all of you guys rocking it in different ways. And it was just such a joy. Yeah, it's been it's been a ride for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, before we get into the questions, I mean, speaking of the pandemic, how has the pandemic treated you? I know you're back in L.A., but how has this downtime been for you in this year and a half that we've been in the pandemic? I mean, you know, it's been nice in so many ways because that quiet time is like so rare to have in normal life. So that's been beautiful. And I've been enjoying going to the beach and just spending a lot of time outside. But, you know, it's been tough and you just have to like come to understand that this is just a period in all of our lives and try to take like the best from it, I guess. So it's been like mixed, but I think for the most part, it's like, it's nice to see this side and just all the hope and all of the beautiful art that's been created. And, you know, like the launching of your guys's podcast, I feel like is probably related to this quiet time. So like, it's all been part of the journey, you know? Yeah, definitely. I feel like we definitely took this time to pour into our passion projects, which was definitely put on hold during, you know, pre-pandemic. But yeah, I think finding the silver lining in all of this has been what's keeping us sane. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Well, on that note, let's go ahead and dive right in. We have a really packed episode for you all today. So let's just dive right into these questions for Banna. So this is a question that we ask to every single guest who comes on our podcast. So we're going to ask you, What's your favorite thing about being Eritrean? And what's your all-time favorite Eritrean dish? 
Ooh, my favorite thing about being Eritrean, that is crazy. That's a very tough question. Um, actually, I think my favorite thing is our humor. Um, and that's not something that's like really discussed a lot because obviously you have to know Tigrinya to understand our humor. But I have found that it's a very specific type of humor and like only real ones get it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so good. And I, it's definitely something I'm interested in. So I'll leave that as my answer. Oh, my favorite dish. I'm going to go with something a little controversial because my aunt, every time she makes it, she sends a whole bowl just specifically for me. And the answer is, I don't know if you guys can already tell by your faces. I think you can. It is doulet. Oh, oh no, no, you have no, little, no. Girl, we were meant to be best friends. No. That is my favorite Eritrean dish too. No. And it's like, Tana drags me for it. She's mm-hmm. like, how do you eat that? Like, how do you mm-hmm. live with yourself eating that? And I'm like, girl, this is like God's gift to earth. No, no. Wait, tell me, tell me why that's your favorite dish. <laughs> I think that it's, just like maybe it's also the specificity of you can only have it once a year really mm-hmm. so it's like something you look forward to and I, the spicing is always just delicious and it's just a unique type of food I don't know I really like do it I don't, I don't think I have to explain myself I think that it stands on its own <laughs> you really don't and it's honestly like people he- out here like hating on us I saw this tweet or I don't remember it was like a post on Selim Central but they were like, oh, if you had Dilith, like, don't worry about what's in the backseat. Period. I was just like, oh, hell no. Coming for us like that. <laughs> coming for us. We have to stick together. Yeah, we really do. But the thing is, you do have to explain yourself because it's, you said it yourself. You you even, like, preface it. You're like, it's controversial because you know, like, I feel like I've eat, I've tried, I've tried. And, you know, I love our Habasha food. And I'm like, let me give it a shot. Let me give it a shot. And it just, it just doesn't resonate with my palate. Like, I just, I can't. This is one that I just can't explain. That's why I have to ask, like, why? Because in my mind, it just makes no sense. You yeah. know what it sounds like? It sounds like a you problem. Okay, anyway. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> no, but I loved your first answer about, you know, your favorite thing being our humor. Because I really do think, like, we are some funny-ass people. Yeah. Like, And if, unless you're Habesha, like, you're just not going to get it, you know? Yeah. Like, it's like this dry sense of humor, but then... I feel like especially being in the diaspora, mixing with like the accent when people try to say it in English, yeah. I just, it kills me every time. Yeah. Also, there's something about honesty in our humor. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. it's like, there's, it's always rooted in like facts, but people will like make fun of you. Instead of telling you like you are like this, they'll just make fun of you for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I, I think like it's like really how our dynamic is we just come for each other. Yeah. <laughs> It really is. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. That's awesome. Well, I mean, just to like, you know, like switch gears a little bit, we you know, you know, with you launching Mama Bunna, which is like such an amazing brand, you know, you've shifted a lot in your career. You were once like a really successful lawyer. What made you want to leave your career to start, you know, your own fashion brand? Yeah, I worked as a lawyer in a corporate law setting for many years. And it was interesting at first, you know, uh, learning just so much about the field, about my specific job, about working in general, that like, I was really like, I felt like I was growing in that respect. But then I I came to a point where I realized like, do I want this job in 10 years? Or do I want my boss's job? And like, this is where my life is leading me to. And Mm -hmm. the answer was very clear, resounding no. So I had to have a very honest moment with myself and ask like, 
okay, well, if this isn't the path I want, like I need to create the path that I do want. So in a sense, I kind of took a chance on myself, I'd say, and like my goals for myself. And I said, I'm going to start now. Like I'm not going to wait another five years and be even more like tied into this career path, you know? So yeah, that's kind of how I came to leave the law or leave Goldman. But yeah, I'd say it generally, it definitely was a realization that the path wasn't, I wasn't on the right path. Yeah. Damn, that's really deep. I feel like that's something that a lot of us are probably struggling with right now is trying to find like the alignment between like what fulfills us and like what we're mm-hmm. passionate about and what we can actually do. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Living. You're speaking to us because we're both in this like stage of our life where we feel like the careers that we're in are not our long-term careers. And we have so many other things that we're passionate about, like example, this podcast. And so I just think that the toughest thing to do is like taking that leap of faith and like betting on yourself. So like, this is kind of off script, but like, how were you able to like bet on yourself and like trust that like things were going to work out for you? Yeah, no, this is the best question because I think a lot of us have kind of dreams, big dreams and aspirations that have nothing to do with what we're doing right now. But I guess the real question is like, are you doing anything to get to those big dreams and goals that you have? And only then is when you'll build up the confidence to bet on yourself. So like, for example, for me, you know, I started taking sewing lessons while I was at Goldman. I just enrolled in a class at FIT and I'm like, let me just see like how I do. And I loved that. And then I started interning at a store in Soho after work at Goldman. I would go there. Uh, so I was working. And then on the weekends, I would be at the store every day, both days. So I was working seven days a week doing like multiple things. And I worked in fashion week and I kept doing these things and building more and more up in my repertoire. And then I finally had the confidence to be like, okay, I believe that I can do this. And I believe that I would love doing this. So only then are you able to then make the move. But if you don't, you know, give those small wins to yourself, it can be very hard to make any type of move. So all I would really say is if you want to do something, you have to start doing it. Damn. Preach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that sounds like a really like introspective, like process, like journey. And I really love that you started doing things like on the weekends and on the side to kind of get you one step closer to your goal. I mean, that's like really resonated with me. And I think a lot of listeners are going to be like, wait, like, what can I do on the side now that can get me one step closer to my dreams? Yeah. If you start doing something and you think it's your dream and then you realize that you don't actually like doing it, then I mean, like you're better for it as well. Then you'll shift, you'll pivot into something even like even better for you. So I think it's just, you really have to start making those moves. You can't just manifest, let's say you have to actually do. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You you literally, yeah, you you don't understand the conversations that me and Ness have. We don't have the time for this on this podcast today, but mm-hmm. we have these types of conversations all the time. So we're definitely gonna have to have another conversation offline about this because you're yeah. literally speaking to both of us. But anyway, so you know, I think an important part of a brand is the name. You know, even myself and Naz, we had this idea of a podcast, but the hardest part of coming up with the podcast was the name. And obviously eventually we found Half Day Half Day. So I want to know for you, how did you come up with the name Mama Bana? Yeah. So for me, really Mama Bana came from the idea that women 
in many cultures and especially in our culture are like the bearers of culture and those that continue the culture in their household through whether it's religious practices or just like, you know, we eat every time a woman has a baby, like the woman is the one carrying on the culture. So I just felt like if I'm going to be viewing my culture with my own lens, then I'm kind of like a, a mama. <laughs> I'm like a, you know, I'm like a mama. Yeah. mama. Yeah. <laughs> but I love it. Like I love the, it's just like the feminine energy that is really centered to our culture. I wanted to include that in the name. I love that because me, I can't tell you how many times me and Naz have conversations about our mother and like mm-hmm. just the women and how w- women in our culture are like the backbone of our, I mean, I think in any culture, but yeah. especially in the Habesha culture, like they are, you know, the heart and soul of like the family and they really carry so much on their back. So I'm glad that you incorporated that in, into your brand because especially for me and Naz, like we both like honor our mothers and just cherish them. And we actually have an episode coming out that's going to talk about mothers so mothers and just like motherhood and, and the Habesha culture. So I'm so glad that you said that. Yeah. Ade, well, ade. Yeah, <laughs> literally. I feel like culture companies eventually become mothers. So yeah. Like, you know, like we're just oh, that's so deep. Wow. <laughs> Listen, we're the next wave. I love that. I know you mentioned like women are at the core of your inspiration for Mama Banna. Um, who and what serves as your inspiration while also creating, you know, other designs as well? Yeah. So definitely, I always say when people ask about the brand, my one sentence is that it's inspired by the coasts of East Africa and Southern California, which is where I'm from. And I think that there is a very special Eritrean culture with and uh, Habesha Ethiopian culture within Southern California. Like we have are like a very specific vibe. So I definitely want to incorporate that into everything. And I think that there's a lot of parallels between the coasts. Like if you think about it, Eritrea isn't all coastline. It's entirely coastline. And Mm -hmm. a lot of parents, when they come to California, they realize or they say that California reminds them of back home. And I think there's just a lot of parallels between the two coasts. And I kind of want to draw those coasts closer together. And then, you know, by looking at those two things in parallel or in the same space, like you're able to develop an entire world just out of those two things. Wow, that's beautiful. I remember you, when you first launched, you had that two-piece set that was inspired by like a tribe on the coast, right? Yeah, the scarf. It's like a B-Lens scarf uh, that has like a Mm -hmm. star pattern. So basically I scanned that and then translated it in a way and created like the sunset or sunrise pattern on it. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I remember that one too. That one was really cute. And I also, you know, obviously I'm biased because I'm from California, even though I'm from Northern California, you know, California (laughs) in general. I love that. I was like, I love that she's literally combining like like that that's that's sentimental to me because my two homes are California and Eritrea. So I love that you combine are combining the two and trying to bring them closer together, even though they're on opposite ends of the world, but like your brand is kind of like that center for it. So I I I'm biased because I'm from both places. So I love that. Oh my God, you just put it so perfectly. Thank you. Aww. You really do. I mean, <laughs> you can I can sponsor you if you need to, you know. Hashtag add on Instagram, you know, I'm trying. Any excuse for her to bring up California is just like, <laughs> she, girl, but she's Burritos, not, 
California, like what else? But you're outnumbered today because there's two Californians over you. So (laughs) (laughs) anyways, well, I kind of want to shift gears a little bit and talk, obviously like, you know, your brand is so successful now, but I'm sure it's not easy starting your own business. So, you know, I'd love to hear for you and I'm sure our listeners would love to hear what is the hardest part about being an entrepreneur and running your own business? I'd say the hardest part of being an entrepreneur is just the fact that you have to do everything, um, whether it's like shipping stuff or designing, which requires a very specific like type of headspace to be creative in that way. Or it's like, you know, trying to take pictures or get content or develop new ideas. There's so many different things and they all require like a different attention, a different type of set of skills, I'll say. Um, so that's definitely the hardest. And I think it goes for anyone who runs a company because you don't have help at first. Yeah. Do you have help now or are you doing this all by yourself? Um, well, I'm happy to say that we have an intern who helps a lot. And um, awesome. So, but like, basically it's me. (laughs) Yeah. That's insane. So do you find that you're working, you know, like crazy hours? Like, how do you juggle that while still trying to maintain like, you know, your own personal life? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that I'm, you know, I'm a lawyer by trade and I was a management consultant. It's all about just like scheduling your day and knowing, you know, these days I have to like focus on my writing. Like nothing else is going to bother me because writing is also one of those things that you need to be in the zone. You can't just like write at any time. Um, So I'll say like this day is blocked off for this. And then, you know, other days I'll have to do Mama Bana stuff. Like they'll literally be like orders or whatever coming in. It's definitely, um, it's definitely uh, challenging to keep everything balanced, but you know, you make it work. Like if you want to do it, you're going to make it work somehow. Yeah. I always hear that when you're working on something you're passionate about, the hours like honestly aren't, don't feel mundane or dragging because you're pouring into something that you really yeah, love. Which is like, it's like, oh my gosh, it's already this time. That's kind of what, what happens. Uh, I love that. Wait, I also have another question that's kind of a little off topic, but I just thought of it right now. You know, obviously you you had this really great career as a lawyer and then you decided to kind of, you know, pursue your dream. What did your like family immediately think when you told them like, hey, I'm not going to be a lawyer anymore. I'm going to pursue my dream of like being in the fashion industry. They thought I was crazy, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) There's no easy way to do that with your family. I mean, I think all of us want to make our parents so proud. And I think Mm -hmm. for them, stability is like the the pinnacle of success. Having a a good paying job where you don't have to worry about anything, you know, that's like, what more could you want? So um, I think for both of my parents, it's really hard for them to be like, okay, like you're leaving, but they know that I tend to do what I want to do anyway. So they didn't really give me too much pushback because they just kind of know that I do my thing. And, you know, I wouldn't do something if I didn't feel like I really needed to. So they believed me. So I know you mentioned that you also recently started writing um, about fashion at Who, What, Where. Uh, When did that happen? Like, you know, how has that been? Have you been able to incorporate like your brand into some of the work that you're doing there as well? Um, I started just a few months ago and it's been going really great. 
Um, I love just being able to write about fashion from my own perspective. It's funny because it's like, you know, you would think that someone would need to be trained in this. But for me, who's been like fashion obsessed since I was a kid, it's so easy to write about fashion. I could talk about what I'm wearing like all day long. So that has been really fun. And it definitely has helped in Mama Bana just, you know, being able to be up on the market trends, having to be like at the forefront of everything um, is actually very synergetic with Mama Bana. So I'm looking forward to writing more and, um, you know, continuing to just build my career in the fashion world. That's awesome. I love who else who, what, where. Um, and I always like read the articles for inspiration. I actually read one of your articles where you talked about the JW pay bags. And I was like, wait a second, oh, these yes. are kind of cute. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> They're so yeah. cheap too. Girl, I literally, I should really pull them out now. I actually have like five bags from there. It's like, they actually should sponsor me how much I have. <laughs> oh my God, that is hilarious. They're, yeah, they're so good. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you put me on to that because she put me on because she was like, oh my God, look at this bag like Bunda's wearing. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cute. I'm pretty sure I bought like either that bag or something similar, just like a different color. So yeah, we're twinning. Yeah, we really are. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, so while staying on the topic of fashion, but maybe pivoting towards the manufacturing side of business, um, what does your manufacturing process look like currently? Yeah. So, I mean, the process always starts out with design, which I, I creative direct that process with a designer. Um, and I've worked with a number of different designers at this point. And then, you know, for the most part, everything is pretty much printed, uh, made and printed in LA. There was one exception where I went to Eritrea and I had them make a custom placket that I used. Uh, there's like a, it was like a Tillet design, but I used it for a polo shirt, like where the buttons are. So that was the only time where I kind of had stuff made outside of LA. But yeah, for now it's in LA. But, you know, very soon I hope to go back home when things calm down and start working on things actually made back home. Wow. You're literally, like you said, you're trying to bring the, both coasts together. And I feel like especially yeah. when you made that polo, like that was like an actual physical product of the two coasts coming together. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I love that polo. I need to, I might need to bring it back. Yes. I was, that's actually speaking of bringing things back. Like I feel mm-hmm. like you can, you come up with so many new things that like, are you ever going to bring back like certain, like, it's crazy because I was at a graduation party and I was wearing my uh, Yamane shirt. And I don't know if you still have that, but like everyone kept asking me like, where did you get this shirt? And I was like, I, I sent them your Instagram and I'm like, I wonder if like she brings stuff back often or like, what does that process look like as far as like just having new, new stuff going back in stock, I guess. Yeah, it's definitely been a learning process because I, it's hard to approximate how much people are going to buy. So I, tended to sell out quicker than hoped and or intended. Um, but speaking of the Yamana shirt, actually, they are on sale. They're on pre-sale right now. <laughs> and to all those listening, get your shirt. Yes. yes. People are really, really resonating with them. And I'm hoping to, you know, a lot of people in Europe are really wanting the stuff. And I have, I'm trying to figure out shipping right now, but that should be also coming out really soon. Yeah. So our European listeners, follow her at Mama Bunda on Instagram because that's where you're going to get all the updates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, everyone in Italy 
loves Zodia Raya. So that's you're probably right. going to get hella <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Their queen, our queen. She's amazing. Right. I, the one shirt that I'm praying that you'll bring back is a thank you for coming oh, yeah. uh, shirt. Oh my God. Is it thank you for coming? Yes. Yes. It's thank you for coming. And I need to figure out how to bring that back um, in a, you know, maybe a slightly different way. But yeah, a lot of people thought that was really funny. <laughs> yeah, that was really cute. I feel like that plays back into like uh, our culture's like humor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which yeah. I really like. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. We also just got. We told we told you this before, but we just got our Shikorina shirts, and <laughs> you will be seeing a photo shoot on Instagram mm-hmm. coming soon. I will be dropping those <laughs> yeah. matching colors. We yeah. did. Yes, <laughs> we're trying to both have the same braids. Like, yeah, it's, it's gonna be a cute little photo. Shoot. It's literally gonna be half day, half day, like or shikorina, shikorina in this case. Yes, that's it. Like ah, uh, that's good. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Well, we have a couple more questions here, but you know, obviously, you're still early in your brand. You you know, you mentioned you started in fall 2019. You know, for you, what is your long term goal or vision for Mama Bana? Yeah, um, I mean, I have some really um, bold <laughs> goals, but I think for now. <laughs> because I found something that I really love and I enjoy. And I think it could take a lot of different turns. Um, That's why I say that. Um, But for now, I'm really trying not to overwhelm myself. And I'm really trying to kind of just look maybe five steps ahead, not like 10. um, Because it really requires a lot of like day to day work that is, you know, it's like, it's like the marathon continues. And I want to make sure that the marathon is going to continue. So I'm going to take care of myself. Self care is self wealth or whatever. So yeah, so but I definitely like want to continue growing in fashion space, you know, maybe go into experiential at some point. So there's a lot of plans. Yeah, I love how you said the marathon continues because I was like, okay, she's from LA, she's Eritrean. Like, when are we going to bring up Nipsey? Like, his name has to get, (laughs) I was like, he has to get dropped. Like, we have to bring him up at some point. But speaking of him, do you ever look at like him and what he was doing for like LA and and even like for Eritrean people in general as like, like he, I feel like he was definitely someone who was trying to bring like Southern California, specifically like LA and like Eritrea, like somehow come bring them together and like do you ever look at him and what he did as inspiration or you know probably do you ever look at him and say hey I want to continue some of that work that he was doing yeah I mean Nipsey is such a beautiful person and I definitely think he embodies Eritrean culture if you look at just the way he was so resolute about what he thought and his beliefs and how he would try to educate people just how righteous he was. Like he always wanted the right thing to happen. Like that is all definitely at least partially result of our culture and the way his dad raised him in the Eritrean community. And so Nipsey is always like a forever inspiration. And I think he also embodied like the LA Eritrean community. Mm -hmm. Um, he really, really loved his LA Eritreans and they were really tight in the community. So it's like, he is us in so many ways. So yeah, forever a Nipsey fan. He's been buzzing. I like things about him have been buzzing all over Instagram recently. And I just watched the interview that his father uh, did with breakfast club. And he talks about how, when he took him to Eritrea when he was like 10 or 11, he saw like how cohesive the Eritrean community was back home. And he was like, I need to do that for my people here, just like black people in general in the US. I think that really inspired him to 
kind of create this brand for himself and do the work that he did back in LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like he always talked about his, the, how much that trip influenced him as well. Um, and in a way he did like, sow the seeds for Mama Bana to happen because he was really translating our culture to like the larger community, you know, like when people love Nipsey, they also had to love Eritrea. Yes. Period. Yeah. 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 He wore yeah. his, his yeah. sleeve, you know? Yeah. He really deserves that star on the Walk of Fame. Yeah. The Hall of Fame. Hall of, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think Walk of Fame, but yeah, yeah. Close <laughs> enough. No. Yeah. That's actually, you put that so perfectly. I feel like, like he, if you knew him or knew anything about him or loved him, like you had to love being, you had to love his culture too. Like you said that so perfectly. And I feel like yeah. there's not a lot of like, there's not a lot of Habesha people in the public eye and specifically Eritrean people. There's not a lot of us in the public eye. And so it's nice that he was really putting on for us. And like, you could even see like, you know, when he, at his funeral, when they were like driving through the streets of LA, everywhere you looked, you saw Eritrean flags. Like, yes. Like just as much as you would see like the marathon clothing, you would see Eritrean flags. And it was just like so beautiful, almost in a weird, in a sad, but weird way to see the world being introduced to Eritrea through his passing, which is again, sad but beautiful at the same time yes and i mean i think it's also because he was taught like the history and what we stood for and what our struggle represented so i think when people also like were had the eritrean flag up it also stood for all of those values that nipsey stood for as a man you know so yeah even his name i mean nipsey hustle like it's nipsey yeah (laughs) yeah also, his his full name, like he couldn't deny being Eric. Like let me ask Askodom, like he got the most Bob name. Like he can't even deny it. <laughs> That's so true. Like you really can't get yeah. I mean, well, what's his name? Um Abel has a very Habashad name. So Oh, the weekend. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They both can't deny it. <laughs> yeah. And Tiffany, I think she gets a little away with it. Yeah. Hot dish though. Yeah, like, yeah. come on. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, Nipsey is like such an inspirational person in our community and so are you. And so, you know, what advice would you give to young Habesha girls who, you know, also want to start their own business and build their own brand just like you have? I definitely think that I, I'd, I'll split this into two parts. I think first is trust your gut and trust yourself. Um, like I know we have a lot of pressures on us coming at us from different ways, from our family, from our culture perspective you know, but you have to maintain your truth. So if you really want to do something, trust that gut feeling and go for it. Um, I'll say. And then two is, uh, like I said earlier, like if you really want something, you have to do it. Is that repetitive? Did I just repeat myself? I was like, I was feeding into it. I'm like, I believe it. Yeah. Like you have to actually do it. Um, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, I wish I could do this or I wish I could do that. But like no one is going to believe you, especially in the industry that you want to like get into. No one's going to believe that you have a true interest unless you show them like, this is what I do. Like, this is what I'm all about. And like, I really want it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I think, I think sometimes like we as Habesha women or just Habesha people in general, like sometimes second guess our gut because sometimes we're like, well, what if my parents or what about stability and security that it's like, no, if you know that like you're meant to like be in fashion or you're meant to like do something in the creative space, like trust that instinct and go after it. So I like that you said that because I think a lot of times we're too scared to trust our gut, but we know that our gut is telling us the truth. Yeah. 
Preach. I've also just noticed like Habesha people are inherently really creative. Mm -hmm. And I think we've like been told to kind of stifle that or just like put that away just to seek stability because I think our parents wanted us to do that. Mm -hmm. But now I feel like, you know, this new generation that grew up here in the diaspora, you know, should be able to lean into that and, you know, allow ourselves to create whatever we dream about. I kind of liked it how you said it, to be honest. Yeah. I think it was just really raw and authentic and just like came from the heart. Like sometimes I feel like when you try and like make it sound too like scripted, it doesn't sound as good. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for coming today, Banna. We really appreciate all the wisdom that you've shared with us. Uh, you know, to all of our followers and listeners, where can they find you on the gram or on just social media in general? Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. You can find Mama Banna at Mama Banna <laughs> on every social media. So Instagram, TikTok, if you're into that, and oh, Twitter. Okay. If you're a creative or if you like writing or if you like social media, hit me up and let's talk. Let's try to create together. If you're an artist, please contact me and we'll try to make something happen. That's awesome. Yeah. And we'll link your contact information as well on the post so that people can reach out to you directly. Cause I know there's probably a lot of people who would love to collab with you. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. This is so special. Oh, thank you. It was so, I mean, I feel like I'm not even just saying this. Like, I feel like I really took a lot away from this because you don't see a lot of people doing what you're doing, especially in our culture. So like Naz said, like, thank you for sharing your wisdom because, you know, Loki, I was like, I'm taking notes too. So hopefully our listeners, hopefully our listeners took some notes and were able to take away some gems from this. Yeah. And thank you so much. You building this community and supporting and lifting one another. Yes. Well, thanks for tuning in half days and we'll see you guys soon. Ciao. Is that cute? Yeah.